Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton. A live edition today uh, with InsideTexas.com analyst, recruiting expert Jerry Hamilton. Jerry's in Florida. I felt like uh, this was a great time to do a uh, live broadcast because he's been in the Sunshine State checking on prospects that the Longhorns are uh, recruiting uh, and a commitment for Longhorns. And he's preparing to be at an announcement tomorrow for Cedric Baxter, uh, the nation's number one uh uh, running back on the board for the Longhorns. Uh, so, Jerry, let's just get it going. Uh, tell us about your first stop. I guess that was at Venice in, in Florida. Damon Wilson, the defensive end. Yeah, or, I shouldn't say defensive end, edge guy. And welcome to the show, by the way. Sorry. <laughs> no, yeah. The uh, I started off Monday, went over to Venice uh, High School, uh, Venice Beach area on the west coast of Florida. I'd been on the east coast during uh, during the weekend. Uh, so got over the Venice, um, checked in with Coach, uh, Coach Peacock, great dude. They won state in 2017 and 2021. Then had a chance to uh, talk to Damon Wilson for 10, 15 minutes before practice began. And just really, it, it was interesting just to gauge his interest. There you see there, we're, we have him as the number four prospect in the country. I'll get into that in a, in a few minutes. Why I definitely believe Charles Power, myself, were we're all spot on on this Damon Wilson ranking, but just really got a chance to talk to Damon about, you know, University of Texas, his recruitment overall, but just the University of Texas and how that interest has come out. Boy, he's really slow off the ball at me, Bobby. Um, but <laughs> I mean, I didn't. I, I almost didn't have time to film all this stuff. Okay, I didn't put that up on Twitter. We were saving that for all the Inside Texas subscribers tonight. But what a what a hell of an a athlete and really twitched up guy at six three. 234 with long arms, strong hands. And he's just, he's a laser focused kid, football intelligent. His father played football at East Carolina um, and has been a longtime personal trainer in the Venice uh, Beach area. But yeah, when I got into his recruitment, Bobby, you know, I, I, I knew Georgia was strong. I know Alabama and Miami are probably ahead of Georgia and Ohio State and Texas headed into the fall, the official visit schedule. He's going to Ohio State September 3rd for the Notre Dame game, which that will be uh, one hell of an atmosphere in Columbus. Uh, and, and he's talking to Texas about coming in on the 10th for the Alabama game. And, and if it was – if I'm – you know, if I'm handicapping that one tonight, I would think there's a good chance that visit happens, but we'll see if it actually lines up with a schedule, family schedule and everything. But Texas, you know, it, one thing I didn't expect when I started talking to Damon was that Tashar Choice was kind of leading the charge in the recruitment. And after he said it, it made sense because he is kind of the Sunshine State recruiter for Texas. Look, he was he's been recruiting Cedric Baxter for a couple of years. We'll get into that later. He was part of the... Uh, Peyton Kirkland recruitment, which we'll get into in a second as well. <clears throat> and um, he's recruiting Jarrett Gibson, a 2024 running back at IMG, who's from Gainesville, and a couple other guys in the Sunshine State. And he recruited that Central Florida and Southwest Florida area while at Georgia Tech. So after Damon said it, of course, it made sense to me uh, that Tashar Choice is kind of leading that recruitment. Then, you know, Damon's talked to PK and, and showed some of the other guys on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, but I, you know, look, until these kids come to campus and they make that visit, it's hard to go really overboard on what Texas chances are because he's been everywhere else. He's been to Bama on an official visit uh, June 17th, I believe. He was at Georgia June 3rd on a three-day unofficial visit. Same weekend, Arch Manning was there. He went to Miami um, in the spring and at the end of July there in that last weekend, that last window kids could visit. And then he was in Ohio State in the spring. So he's been everywhere but Texas. He's never been to the University of Texas. So, But I do believe the interest is real with Damon Wilson, and uh, he talked a little bit about why that was. Uh, you know, where the, the whole Texas thing with this, um, they've obviously gone uh, already, and, and they've, they've targeted both Peyton Kirkland, who's already committed. We're going to talk about him in a second as well as Cedric Baxter, Jordan Hall, you went and saw. Um, does he talk to those guys? Does Damon Wilson talk to Baxter, Kirkland, Hall, any of those guys? Yeah, he's he's talked to Kirkland. Um, look, Samaje Burrell's reached out to him, he told me. He was like a linebacker. He couldn't really remember. He said, he, he, and I said, Samaje Burrell said, yeah, that was him. So a lot of these kids, if they are, are, are kind of new in Damon Wilson's recruiting world, right? I mean, obviously he knows Arch Manning. They were at Georgia the same weekend, and there's been a little contact there. 
Um, but nothing overboard yet. It's just been, you know, some contact from the guy uh, from Peyton Kirkland, from Arch Manning, from uh, Samaje Burrell, um, and some of those guys. So I, I think the once that visit date gets officially set, you know, because the one thing that was interesting to me is is Damon has not had a conversation with Steve Sarkeesian yet. I, I thought that was interesting in that, you know, look, this recruitment's still new, though. Texas offered Damon Wilson January 22nd, I believe, uh, in 2022, but there wasn't, there was very minimal contact up until he dropped that final five with Texas in it, um, with all the momentum Texas had at that point in time. Uh, so that's when really the, the, the recruitment began. And, and we talked about it at InsideTexas.com. Until Braylon Shelby and Vosick were off the board, I, I think the contact was going to be somewhat minimal because there were established long-term relationships there and recruitments that Texas felt like they had a legitimate chance to win. And they did, even though they, they didn't win either one, they had a chance to win them. Uh, so I think they were going to let those play out, at least one of those play out and then go start to work their way all in on Damon Wilson. And I think you're going to see Texas uh, become more aggressive in this recruitment. All right, let's go to Peyton Kirkland. Uh, you went by there today and got some highlights as well. Let's show the folks that talk about him or what you saw out of Damon or excuse me, out of Peyton Kirkland, big offensive line. And you said, I think these photos are in uh, video is going to show it. He's big. He fits the big human thing. I was at football practice for the Longhorns last week. Holy cow. They're big. Here's how big Peyton Kirkland is. He's just a little smaller than Cam Williams. <laughs> He's only 6'5 and a half, 355, not 6'6, 370. But look at him. He bends well. You know, look, this is a guy who had a major injury as a sophomore. I mean, he had major uh, ankle fracture, dislocation, surgery. Uh, so last year was kind of when you're carrying that much weight. Last year was kind of your time coming back and getting your feet back underneath you. Uh, but I expect him to have a really good senior season. I, I think what impressed me most about Peyton uh, watching a couple hours of practice today, Dr. Phillips, by the way, for all the recruiting fans, ha ha Clinton Dix. There's been a lot of guys come out of Dr. Phillips and a lot of sports. Ken Griffey's kids, Trey Griffey's in the NFL, a lot of baseball players, uh, so it's a very talented school. Uh, but, you know, Peyton Kirkland is so football intelligent. I mean, we can't play the one of the videos I shot uh, on this live feed but because there was music in the background. But he was literally during a water break going through all the line calls with the offensive line, the quarterbacks, the wide receivers, telling him what coverage he saw. He was like having a quarterback conversation during a water break like a quarterback normally would, except he's the left tackle. And the both of the quarterbacks are sophomore to bees. One of them is very talented, Dr. Phillips. And he was really talking him through what to expect in game one, in game two, talking about you're gonna you're gonna notice, I'll help you notice which one of these edge guys is the best athlete, who you need to be aware of and what we need to do from a line call perspective, because he makes the line calls for Dr. Phillips. So he was a very intelligent football kid to watch and talk to today. Uh, I, I think he's got a pretty high ceiling. What he's got to do better, I think, or improve or continue to be more consistent is that initial physicality on contact. I think he flashes it on Friday nights. He'll flash it in the scrimmage next week. But I think there's some, he needs to be more consistent with that. And and a lot of that can be said for a lot of young linemen. Well, no, that's, what, that's one of the things that uh, Steve Sarkeesian said he was looking for from his own, own linemen on his own team. Uh, so it's a it's a uh, it's a need across the board, I think, in, in football in general. Hey, talk about uh, Jordan Hall, uh, the other uh, defensive lineman you went to go see today, a uh, young man uh, that uh, is out of the Jacksonville area. Uh, he he is a defensive lineman that uh, you are very, very high on after seeing him in person. Yeah, I mean, look, Jordan Hall, Bobby, we've been doing this long enough. It, look, he, th this guy is impressive. He's a funny guy. He's got a great personality. I love talking to him for about 20 minutes before practice. We had one of those Florida lightning delays, of course, which happens if you practice in the afternoon. It's going to happen twice a week, uh, especially in, in that Jacksonville area. But you can see there, it, he's just got it all as a prospect. I mean, he's got the mental part. Uh, his head coach talks about his nonstop motor. His his head coach was a 5'9", 220-pound track guy that was a really good college football player who had to live on a motor and so he knows what a motor looks like and 
uh, the guy that has the mentality and, and, and the coach spoke to that about Hall today. But Hall's, you know, he doesn't have to bend over to scratch his knees, Bobby. I mean, we're talking about a guy with 35-inch arms that's six three and a half, three ten. Uh, we got really good ankle flexion. His first and second step, if you just watch his tape, is so quick. Uh, but then he's got the power. And you look at him when he extends on people with that quickness and that length and those strong big hands, the power he can create. And here's the thing about it. He is strong. I would say more country strong, uh, naturally strong. But wait until he's in a college strength and conditioning program for a year. I, I We have him 27 overall in the country. After seeing him today, I absolutely believe it. He may be higher than that, which we rank 32 five stars at the end of the class at on three. So that tells you how high Charles Power, myself, uh, and the guys are on Jordan Hall. His recruitment, look, uh, the story's up on Inside Texas. If you hadn't read it, go over to Inside Texas. It's a pretty simple headline. Jordan Hall wants to make an official visit to Texas. That's his quote. He told me that. Sadir Mitchell's the one that got him interested in Texas because they had a lot of they had met during the recruiting process. They're both talking Georgia up quite a bit. Then Sadir Mitchell commits to Texas um, and and that kind of piqued Jordan Hall's interest. And, you know, at that point, Sadir Mitchell reached out to the Texas staff. I believe it was Bo Davis um, and said, hey, this guy's interested. He's one of the best defensive tackles in the country. And and Texas has begun building a relationship from there. Jordan Hall says, I'd love to make an official visit to Texas uh, for the Alabama game September 10th. Of course he would, every prospect would. But here's the thing. He's never been west of Louisiana in his life. He went and visited LSU this summer. He's never been to Texas. He doesn't know what it's about. But Sadir Mitchell has told him what a great vibe it is in Austin around the University of Texas football program right now. And, of course, Jordan Hall sees all that momentum. He knows a Peyton Kirkland's committed. He knows a Cedric Baxter has a decision tomorrow if that would goes Texas way. I mean, Texas would suddenly have some momentum in Florida. Uh, but, you know, the competition, look, when you get in these recruitments, they, it's similar schools to Damon Wilson now. Georgia, Florida, Miami, very much in the hunt. LSU gets an official visit October 8th. Ohio State gets an official visit for the Michigan game. But if you're going into the Sunshine State to recruit the best players, you better pull your sleeves up because it's going to be a battle. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, I, I've got to say this. Um, so as people know, we, we work a lot at night. That's when a lot of news comes in. Justin Wells of Inside Texas uh, is... Uh, is, is reporting now. He just got back from Longview, Texas. Texas, uh, uh, the uh, uh, the wide receiver Jalen Hale is that te- is that Longview. Justin went up there. He's saying he's moving up his announcement date now, Jerry, uh, from September. I'm trying to find the exact date. It, it, it was 20. He moved it up from the 22nd to the 21st, so he can have a ceremony at the school two days before high school. Oh, uh, so it's just one day. Okay. Yeah. I was wondering, wait a minute. I, I was like, that's not that big. Okay. All right. I, I thought he was moving it up a whole month. And now, uh, now he's moving it up a day, I think, so they could do a ceremony at Longview High School. So it's not like game day, day before game. Uh, it's a little bit easier there. But still, look, Jalen Hell just made an unofficial visit to Alabama with his parents that last weekend in July. He's scheduled to be back at Alabama September 3rd for an official. He will officially visit Texas um, September 10th, and then that decision will come you know, a week and a half after that. And and that's a recruitment that, you know, for those that don't follow inside Texas and don't have all the news on Jalen Hale, Steve Sarkeesian's been all in on this recruitment for a while. Uh, And and I think that's smart. I mean, Jalen Hale's arguably the top prospect in East Texas in the 2023 cycle. It's an area you have to have success in. Longview is one of the talented high schools in East Texas, in the state of Texas. And uh, I, you know, again, it's a big battle. The final three, were 
Texas, Alabama, Georgia. I think you can throw Georgia out. He made the one-day visit to A&M, I think, July 27th before he went to Alabama. So I think right now you could say Texas, Alabama, and on the peripheral A&M. But uh, we feel like, you know, I have an RPM for Texas. I haven't wavered on that one at this point. Uh, I feel like Texas is in a pretty good spot headed into the official visit process. But look, at the same time, Bobby, Alabama gets two visits, but Texas does get the last visit. Yeah. Uh, sorry for the false alarm there. I thought he was moving it up a whole month. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. I need to get the. We need to talk about that. But uh, good reporting. For, again, this is the difference between inside Texas and a lot of other places out there. Uh, no no offense to anybody and any or, or everybody else, but Jerry's in Florida. Justin's on the road uh, in uh, Longview today. was in Arlington yesterday to see JV and Toviano. Uh, please uh, take advantage of a special 50% off we have right now going on on InsideTexas.com where you can get all your questions answered, not only in a chat, but every single day. Uh, so we're asking you officially to commit to Inside Texas. Uh, hey, right. By the way, if anybody ever wants to make a road trip with me, maybe maybe <laughs> we'll maybe we'll, we'll we'll do that. But, hey, it's Fleetwood, Matt, greatest hits. It's a lot of, you know, Chick-fil-A. You know, it, it's not healthy eating, I will say that. Uh, but I'm actually uh, bunkered in Daytona Beach tonight before I head back to Orlando. Uh, had a little dinner at Outback Steakhouse. Uh, it was Fleetwood Mac greatest hits driving around the Sunshine State the last two days. So if anybody wants to make one with me, just reach out. We'll see. We'll see if we can arrange something for the uh, fan base. Okay. Now the whole one, not the whole reason, but a major reason you're down in Florida this week. Let's get to this, and then after we get to this topic, I want to start taking questions like we promised people. Um, we're going to try to. This will probably go about an hour tonight, uh, I would guess, with all the questions that we've got queued up uh, from Inside Texas as well as. Uh, from this channel. Um, Jerry, uh, Cedric Baxter, nation's top running back, set to make his decision or his announcement tomorrow. Um, I have a couple questions for you. First of all, uh, where do you think he's going? What What do you, I know you have a uh, an RPM pick in. Uh, second of all, how good is he? Uh, and then third of all, what does this do for the Texas class if he indeed is uh, part of that, uh, uh, part of that uh, recruiting class? Yeah, uh, that was a funny response, by the way, on the live thread. <laughs> um, I, I, my RPMs for Texas, I continue to feel good about that. Uh, look, Miami was going to make a strong last run. I think they did that. I don't think AM threw in the towel. Uh, I think Florida has taken a couple of running backs. That should tell you that they don't feel real confident. You don't give up on the number one running back in the country, especially one from West Palm Beach or the Boynton Beach area that now is in Orlando at Edgewater High. Uh, but look, this is one that if Texas wins out on this is, you know, a lot of people, including myself, expect Texas to do tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, we'll have it all all day long on Inside Texas. Come on over. We're going to have a, a good time on the Cedric Baxter announcement thread tomorrow. And I'll, I'll be there early and often tomorrow. Uh, but look, Tashar Choice. I mean, I mentioned him earlier uh, recruiting Damon Wilson. He was part of the Peyton Kirkland recruitment. But this is – if Cedric Baxter Jr. goes to Texas, it's because of Tashard Choice. I mean, if Tashard Choice isn't hired at Texas, I don't think the Longhorns are in the picture for Baxter. I think that's how strong a relationship uh, Choice has dating back to his time at Georgia Tech. I mean, he's obviously recruits the area, Orlando area and Central Florida. But you got to give Choice credit. He targeted Cedric Baxter when he was hired at Texas. I mean, Reuben Owens, a number – two or three or four running back, depending on your rankings, in the country over at El Campo, Texas, a one-time Texas commitment. He's committed to Louisville. And a big reason he's committed to Louisville is because Tashard Choice targeted Cedric Baxter and said, this is the guy. This is my guy. This has been my number one guy since I was at Georgia Tech. And so you give Choice credit for sticking to his evaluation. We happen to agree with that. Charles Power and myself, we've had Cedric Baxter, number one running back in the country uh, since our early part of our 2020 three class rankings um, and what makes him so good, Bobby? I look, he's six, one and a quarter. He's two seventeen, uh, but he's got really good feet. The last time he was tested, he ran a four, five, nine laser, but that was at 210 pounds in tw late 2020. So we don't really have a clear picture uh, for all the measurables or the testing numbers right now, but he's tested really well when he did. 
Uh, he's a competitor. He's a great kid to talk to. He's got football intelligence. He's got really good hands. I know there's some things you really like about him. I, I think his ability to stick his foot in the ground and get vertical or make somebody miss in the hole, jump cut, skip cut at 6'1", 217 is pretty impressive. Uh, I, yes, I'm impressed by him. I, I, we've talked about him at length off camera, uh, you and I both. Um, you know, I was talking to a uh, uh, college coach over the weekend. Um, he told me that he was a better prospect. Um, and this isn't necessarily, this isn't a, a college coach uh, for the University of Texas, just to be clear. This is another college coach that I'm a longtime friend with. He said he was a better prospect coming out of high school than Bijan. And I was like, really? You really think that he goes, yeah, he's bigger. Yeah. Um, and he, he said same kind of same caliber guy, uh, same, same heart. He said he's a hard runner. Yes. Uh, he really likes him. See, had seen both of them in, in person too. Um, and it, and so uh, yeah, it, I, I mean, look, if, if, if he's, if he's, you know, that's a, that, that's a tall order, right? right? You're talking about a potential all American and Bijan Robinson, but if he's anywhere close to that, uh, pairing him with a guy like Arch Manning, Jonte Cook, uh, those guys, uh, some of the ones already on campus. I, it's just a big – it would be a huge pickup for the Longhorns, in my opinion, uh, especially given they're going to lose maybe two, even three line, three running backs this offseason uh, with Bijan and Roshan and then maybe even Keelan Robinson, depending on what he decides to do uh, and, and is able to do. So I, I feel like, you know – it's a big pickup in a number of different ways, but number one, it's because I think he's one of those difference maker players. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And, and, and to transition from to short choice, why uh, other than choice, why would it be Texas? You hit on a big one. Bijan Robinson will go pro after this year. Rashawn Johnson uh, it, it graduates after this year. Uh, both, I mean, Bijan obviously could be a first round pick. Rashawn Johnson's going to play in the NFL. Anybody might then think that. I mean, I think you're nuts. Uh, the guy's the best leader running back position I've ever seen. Uh, but look, that's two, your number one and two back are, are leaving the program after this season. So, yes, there's a short choice. Yes, there's opportunity. Yes, there's scheme, an offensive scheme under Steve Sarkeesian that's proven. Um, it, it, the interesting thing with Cedric Baxter, I've always thought was funny. Uh, was I talked to him at the day, the night after his official visit to Texas, and he predicted, and this was June, what, 12th, uh, that Arch Manning was going to Texas. So he had a pretty clear indication, uh, June, heading into that Texas official visit, June 10th, that Arch was going to end up picking Texas over Georgia. And of course, that happened. I believe that was June 23rd. Now the time just flies, right? Um, uh, uh, but, uh, you know, that that is a very interesting that Cedric Baxter had a clear impression um, or knowledge on that recruitment. So obviously those two guys have been talking for a while. But look, you can see it on the you can see that cut right there. Those two cuts, Bobby, that's what makes him at six one two seventeen elite. And then, as you like the term, you love the ride out speed to go with it. Uh, but he's got great hands out of the backfield, too. And he's going to be a willing blocker and pass protection doesn't mean he's great at it. How many high school kids are? Uh, but he really is a complete running back. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. All right. Um, that, that ends the first part of this program. Uh, Jerry, I want to I go now and start taking some questions from the audience, so to speak. Uh, InsideTexas.com folks have been posting questions. Let's, let's get going there. Uh, we're also going to grab some uh, from the chat as well, uh, the live chat. Anything to uh, – let's start with probably something that happened last night that has some Aggie fans up in, up in arms a little bit. That's Bravion Rogers. Uh, his, his, uh, decommitment from A&M paired with what's going on with Jaquez Petaway, uh, the wide receiver down at, uh, Langham Creek that has been committed to OU, but of course, OU and, and Kale Gundy, the, the coach there, uh, parting ways, uh, earlier this week. I know you talked to one of, uh, Petaway's coaches. You have some news there and your thoughts on Rogers as well. Yeah, the uh, Petaway news was interesting because, of course, all the rumors started swirling. A lot, I think, from the Texas side, more hopeful than maybe reality. 
Um, but speaking with uh, a source uh, close to Petaway today, and actually a text yesterday as well from a different source, didn't, didn't either one thought a decommitment was imminent? Does that mean it couldn't happen Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday? Look, it's recruiting. Of course it could. Uh, but I think the thing to remember here is while Petaway was certainly bummed out about the Kale Gundy's resignation, um, I was told that what led to the resignation didn't really shake him or what's being talked about that led to the re resignation didn't really shock him. And, and a couple other things people have to remember with Petway is he's now really entrenched with the Oklahoma class. Jackson Arnold and him have a great relationship. And I think he really does like the smaller environment in Norman versus the bigger environment in Austin. And I think that was a factor. I think if you talk to the two people that I've always talked to close to this recruitment, that's the thing they've kind of said is they thought at the end of the day that could be a, a difference for Petway and uh, how comfortable he was at a school. I mean, look, his his brother was committed to Washington State, then went to TCU, and he's transferred to New Mexico. But it, I, I think there's always been more of an affinity for a smaller uh, school, maybe smaller town versus the massive city, right? So uh, it, that does not surprise me knowing Petway a little bit. Um, you know, when you talk about – when you go back to his official visit to Texas that weekend, it was the weekend that Arch was there. On Saturday night, he didn't go out with the guys. Well, the other recruits, he stayed in. He, he stayed in the uh, hotel room. Um, you know, look, a lot of the other guys were doing things. He was playing dominoes with Brennan Marion on his official visit. So he's just a different kid, um, you know, in today's day and age. He's not a, he, he's on social media, but he's not a presence on social media. So he's just, he's just different. And I, I'm a big fan of his as a player. Uh, so I just think Norman's maybe a better fit for him. Oklahoma's a better fit for him. And 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 Coach Levy did a great job selling him on how he'd fit into that scheme gotcha. as well. So what about Bravey and Rogers? That that one's interesting to me. Look, it when I went through LaGrange, um, because they also had the D lineman Jaron Woods, uh, I think it'll be a really good offensive tackle committed to Baylor. Texas had offered both those guys. So I made two trips to LaGrange in the spring and uh, Kind of what I was told by a couple of people very close to that program, uh, one that blows a whistle there, um, is that Bravion, they thought Bravion was going to do what J.K. Dobbins did, and that was get farther away from the from LaGrange, Texas. Go have a different experience that's totally, totally different from LaGrange, Texas. And they were thinking he was going to go out of state. And when he committed to AM, I can't say I was shocked. Um, I think the timing surprised me. Um, but that always stuck in the back of my head. It, 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 if something happened, would he start looking out of state? Look, LSU's the school that, that uh, our own Sam Spiegelman with On3 put in a 50% RPM today. That's being the school talked about with Bravion Rogers. A lot of Texas fans have wondered about Texas and Bravion Rogers. Texas offered him, but after he committed to AM, Texas still ma maintained contact. They tried to get him on campus. It didn't work out. Kind of when the Dalton Brooks recruitment fizzled, and he's since committed to AM. We'll see if Rogers decommitting from AM, if that affects AM with uh, Dalton Brooks, because they're down in that same area. They are friends. Uh, but with, you know, Jordan Matthews leaning to Texas heading in his August 15th announcement, and JV and Toviano certainly being on the board for Texas. I'm not sure it makes a lot of sense for Texas to try to make a move on Bravion on Rogers right now. It's almost like the Damon Wilson recruitment, different level prospect. Don't get me wrong, but Texas is already in fighting for, you know, Jordan Matthews and JV and Toviano. Anything that could disrupt that, I don't think is going to happen. Yeah, I think I think I think you're right. I, I think that's a good way to put it. Interrupting what they're doing when they feel pretty confident about where they're at, uh, reasonably confident confident. Jordan Matthews, of course, from Baton Rouge Woodlawn announces on Monday, the cornerback there, uh, JV and Toviano, who Justin Wells, we talked to him yesterday. Uh, Justin uh, telling us that uh, Toviano still mentioning Texas, but not really giving much away. Longhorns are going to recruit that one uh, to the whistle. Um, Jerry, I mentioned another question coming in from Inside Texas Message Board was this. It was about if Texas gets Baxter and Matthews in the next five days you know, the 10th and the 15th of the two uh, commitment dates. What does the next month, month and a half look like for Texas from a recruiting perspective? I, I It would just build the momentum. Look, it, it, if Cedric Baxter goes Texas way tomorrow, I mean, that's going to be another national headline for the Texas uh, 2023 class. And there's no way around it that, you know, if Arch Manning and Cedric Baxter 
uh, Jonte Cooker in the class. I mean, that's some, especially Manning in in Baxter because they're number one ranked quarterback, number one ranked running back uh, for on three in the country. Uh, that is two massive wins. Uh, I mean, obviously Arch Manning's one of the biggest recruiting wins for Texas. I mean, arguably, obviously Vince Young in 2002. I'd put T.J. Ford in there the year before. But out of state, I mean, it may be Chris Sims. I mean, we talked about that before. It may be that big of a deal. I actually think it's a bigger deal for the university long term. But Cedric Baxter is even is even a really big one for the staff if it goes their way because that's the number one running back in the country out of Orlando, Florida that could have gone to Alabama, Florida, Miami, A&M, you name it, Ohio State. He could have gone Georgia. He could have gone anywhere he wanted. And for that kid to go to Texas, what? look, there's never been a player from Edgewater go to Texas. But there hadn't been a player from Dr. Phillips go to Texas either. So I think it's kind of a signal. that Texas staff has set up to recruit really well in Louisiana, right? We've talked about it ad nauseum. But if you this move to the SEC opens up so many more doors, especially the way the staff's been constructed. So I just think it would add even that much more momentum. Then you see the Damon Wilsons, you see the Jordan Halls take notice of that. You see other guys. You never know who Texas can get in on because the one thing we've had a lot of questions on the board about the edge position. But just remember one: remember what the staff did in 2022 class. They recruited through the whistle on all these guys. There's going to be a coaching carousel this year. It's not going to blow up like this last one. But Texas isn't going to give up on Braylon Shelby because he committed the USC. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he just turned 17. Texas knows his mom probably preferred him stay close to home. You recruit that kid until December. So I think the Texas fans have to remember that. There's a lot of really good players on the board that have gone to other places. You don't get them all. And some of those guys, Texas will keep recruiting because you never know what's going to happen. But I do think this would give Texas even more momentum headed into that September 10th will be the big visit weekend. And kids have taken notice. I mean, Damon Wilson, you talk to Damon Wilson, Venice, Florida, he's taken notice. Jordan Hall's taken notice. When guys like Sadir Mitchell are calling up Jordan Hall, hey, man, you might want to take a look. This is why I chose Texas. That's how recruiting momentum builds. And that's how you really build a class with out-of-state talent that ordinarily you wouldn't be in on. Crazy to me. Best player to ever sign with Texas um, out of the state of Florida. And this is my personal opinion because it was when I was in, at Texas in school. He was actually a uh, he was actually a basketball player named Travis Mays. There you go. Uh, Ocala Vanguard. Hey, um, next, next took Texas uh, to the brink of the final four, uh, back to the elite eight. I think it was in 91 or 92. Hey, uh, Jerry, um, some people asking not only on this chat, but also in the inside Texas message boards about uh, DJ Hicks uh, and, you know, talking about him and his recruitment, as well as how does he compare to someone like Jordan Hall that Texas is also recruiting? Yeah, that's a great question. I think on the comparison, um, but first off, with DJ Hicks recruitment, Texas is behind AM and Oklahoma. I, they have been behind. Um, there's been a lot of communication since Arch Manning committed 11:16 a.m. Um, 20 minutes after that, uh, there's been pretty consistent communication. But Texas knows that they have ground to make up, even though they, you know, made a little headway. There's a lot of ground to be made up with DJ Hicks. And but the good thing about the Hicks recruitment, if you stay in there and if you really battle, he doesn't decide or announce until January 3rd or 2nd at the Under Armour All-America game in Orlando. So there's plenty of time. There's going to be two official visits left. It may be OU and A&M or maybe OU in Texas and unofficial to A&M. Uh, all three of those schools will get him on campus this season. Uh, Texas has maintained contact with Hicks. They just have work to do there. What's interesting is, you know, look, even though Anthony Hill committed to A&M, now with Bravion Rogers backing up, what does a Javon Thomas do? I mean, what does Dalton Brooks do? I mean, so AM, we talk about the momentum AM had last year. Well, Texas has that momentum now, even though Anthony Hill committed, AM's not doesn't have a lot of momentum going right now. Oklahoma's always been interesting with Hicks because Todd Bates has such a great relationship uh, dating back to Clemson time uh, with Hicks and family. So that's something to keep in mind is that recruitment heads down the home stretch as well. But as a player, look. I think Jordan Hall's a little more explosive than than Hicks. I think Hicks is a technician. Look, his dad's a former player at Missouri and, and professionally is a defensive line coach. I mean, high school coach. So, of course, from a tech, technical standpoint, in a physical, just uh, 
you know, maxing out the frame. Hicks is ahead. Uh, I think Hall's a more explosive guy, though. Honestly, a little bit longer guy. And that's not taking nothing away from Hicks. I mean, he's an on-three consensus five-star guy. But we're talking about upside. Who may have the highest upside? I'm not sure it's a slam dunk Hicks has over Jordan Hall. Um, Jordan Hall carries that 305 pounds really, really well, has great length. And I think he's going to, once he gets into a college strength and conditioning program, he's really going to blow up. I got a question coming in. Who could be a flip care candidate? Uh, her, heard a little under the table talk in the last week. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, that's a, t- that's a tough one for me. I, I think there's, there's a lot of rumors out there. Um, I don't have anything. I don't have a guy right now that I'm willing to speak on that could be a flip candidate. Could something be in the works? Possibly. Yeah. But I don't think there's anything right now that I'm sitting there going to put my name on publicly. We hear a lot of stuff, um, obviously in this business, but there hasn't been anything that myself, Eric Nolene, Justin Wells, anybody's followed up on that. We all got on a text message said, Hey man, we need to, we need to be aware of this one right now, this second, but that doesn't mean something couldn't happen. We could have that text message tomorrow. Um, a question from one of our, our favorite posters on Inside Texas, and, and also I think he watches these as well, Williams David. Um, he had a question I thought was good, Jerry. Yep. Uh, what um, players that are currently committed to Texas do you see having an opportunity to really move up in the rankings? And which ones, you know, are not having as great a summer as others? I mean, let's just put it like that. Yeah, I think when you look at the Texas class um, and the guys who could move up, obviously you take, you know, Bobby, you and I are both high on Darian Gillette. He's out for a senior season, so that one's off the table, uh, midterm and rolling. I think Sadir Mitchell, look, we had uh, on Inside Texas today, part of the uh, four recruiting nuggets piece this morning, Nathan O'Neill, who we've had on the show before, is one of the elite defensive line trainers. Uh, He trains multiple guys, Jadavion Clowney. He's worked with the Boses, you name it. Uh, he's trained and worked with a lot of NFL guys. He preps guys for the combine. He he works with Charles Aminahu, Puna Ford, and some of those guys in the offseason. He was in Austin. He's worked with some of the guys on the Texas team uh, this summer. Uh, but he's a guy who works the Under Armour camps, the Under Armour Future 50, the Under Armour All-America game. And he wrote or he sent me uh, a breakdown of Sadir Mitchell today that I thought was interesting, um, predicting that he could be a first-round pick. Uh, and he's that high on Sadir Mitchell. Uh, he's and you know you got to take his opinion. I mean, he, what he's great at what he does, and he's worked with him two or three times now. He's been around him from the mental side. He's seen the physical side. Uh, he's seen a kid who's worked to get down from three hundred around fifty five pounds at the beginning of his junior year to about three twenty five right now. So he's showing the work ethic to take weight off. He knows he needs to lose weight. He's lost weight. He's begin to reshape his body. Uh, but you know. I know you're high on Sadir as well, but that's one guy I think probably – not probably. He'll move up his senior year, but I think he's going to have a dominant senior year. I think Samaje Burrell's senior tape. Look, we have him 80 in the country. He's, what, 250 on the consensus. I think that's low. I think Samaje Burrell checks all the boxes as an inside backer. Um, look, the guy ran a seven-flat Elkhorn in March at the Under Armour camp. So he ran a pretty good shutout. I think it was in the 4-2 range, 4-2-5. So he's a six foot, 217 pound guy who checks the mental boxes when you sit there and talk to him. I think he's got football intelligence. I think he can call a defense. He's a striker, but then he passes the athletic test as well. Uh, so that's a guy, you know, maybe Peyton Kirkland uh, his senior year. I think Connor Stroh's another guy that's lost a lot of weight, similar to Sadir Mitchell, not as talented as Sadir Mitchell, but Connor is put in a lot of work to lose weight on his own. And, and those guys uh, kind of – they kind of trigger for me uh, because if you care enough at a young age to do that, those guys normally end up maximizing their talent. Now, Sadir Mitchell's ce- ceiling's here and Stroh's is here, but if Stroh's showing signs that he's going to reach that ceiling, I think Trevor Gooseby's one to watch. I, I think there's a reason Texas, Texas A&M, and those people came in and offered him when they saw him in the spring. He looked apparently he looked like a totally different player than on tape his junior season. So I think that senior tape will hit at Melissa, and that's a guy that could move up as well.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A um, couple questions that it's kind of interesting too. I get a lot of uh, questions and you do too. How is the season that Texas has, how will it impact this recruiting class negatively or positively, right? So if they have a great year, say 10 wins, or a bad year, say six wins, what does it look like for Texas in this recruiting class in your opinion? Yeah, I want your opinion on that after mine. So here's my take. I'm not letting you off the hook. Uh, <laughs> I, I think a big part of this is what is the product on the field? If the product on the field takes some steps, you can have a you can win games in college football now 60 to 45. Everybody has to do it from time to time. Um, if you have a fun, exciting, offensive branded pro, uh, product on the field, and for those that think, oh, it's just defense wins, that Georgia team last year is few and far between anymore. I mean, you think about Nick's team, Nick Saban's best teams. They're four first-round wideouts, Heisman Trophy winner running back, three NFL, four NFL draft picks on the offensive line. They outscored a lot of people, too, while playing really good defense. Clemson could put points on the board without having a great offensive line. NFL guys all over the place, running back, quarterback, wide receivers, tight ends. I think if you have a great product on the field offensively, I think defensive recruits are even drawn to that. I, I really do. I mean, look, you can't give up 500 yards a game and and and, and just look like crap. I'm not saying that. But that offense, look, most of these kids, even like a Jordan Hall today, what was your favorite sport growing up? Basketball. And he said, well, I said, what was your first memory of football? When I scored my first touchdown, I knew I was going to love football. It's it, that's a simple answer, but it's the right answer in this, what we're talking about here. If you have a good product, with a Heisman Trophy candidate running back, a couple NFL draft picks at wide receiver, and you score the ball a lot on people, um, you know, then if you can win seven games, go seven and five, and still have a product that sells, especially with the momentum and recruiting. I personally think Texas needs this to get eight or nine wins this year to maximize everything that's in front of them with the uh, momentum on the recruiting trail. And I think as a for Steve Sarkeesian and the staff, I mean, that's – that's a good number for those guys. If you show a three or four game improvement in year two, people are going to have a tough time questioning where you're headed as a program. Yeah. And I, I think that's, that's fair. Um, look, people like watching exciting football. Yes. And it doesn't matter if it's 10 wins or seven wins or eight wins. They want to see people throw the ball around, score touchdowns in an exciting fashion. Steve Sarkeesian does that. He yeah. even did that last year with five wins. So, you know, I think everybody saw what they could be in the first half of most games last year uh, with a, with the, sec, uh, the uh, couple of exceptions. So I feel like I feel like they're going to do well on offense at times and be an exciting and play an exciting brand of ball. And, and I don't think it's um, I don't think there's a certain number. I do think they need to win at least seven or eight to keep everything intact and moving forward. But that also is predicated on playing an exciting brand of ball as well. So and let's add, let's add something else to that, Bobby, because I think we're, we're we both may be missing a key point from a recruiting perspective. Last year, Xavier Worthy was a freshman and was arguably the best freshman receiver in college football. I think. I, I, no, no, I don't think that was an argument. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so you're going to have guys like Kelvin Banks play a lot. You're going to have some a lot of these guys from this freshman class play. Um, Kelvin Banks, I predict, will start at left tackle. I'm not saying game one, game two, or game three, but I he's going to be the starting left tackle at some point. Cam Williams is already being singled out by Steve Sarkeesian. DJ Campbell, Cole Hudson, because he came in in the spring and is a very intelligent kid, is going to be on the field this year. Then you go to an Isaiah Nayor out of the portal, right? A Ryan Watts could start at corner out of the portal. So all the newcomers that are going to hit the field, and then you have a guy, watch out for a guy like a Jatavion Sanders, who he redshirted last year. He was a five-star kid, but he's going to 
probably have a really good year on the field at tight end. So you're going to see all these new guys, a lot of guys that were ranked high, some guys that transferred in, and those guys are going to be on the field. And they're not just going to be on the field. They're going to be playing key roles in winning games and being starters. A Terrence Brooks will be on the field at defensive back for Texas. Justice Finkley, a great personality kid, will be on the field. So you're, the kids that are being recruited that are committed to Texas, kids in the future classes, Texas is going to be able to say, look, you come here, you're going to be on the field. You're going to have a chance to start. And I think that works while you're rebuilding the program. It doesn't work for Nick Saban right now, but it works when you're rebuilding the program. And I think it matters in recruiting whether you win seven, eight, or nine. Yeah, and I, I would agree with that. I, I think that you mentioned guys like Bijan Robinson, um, you, Xavier Worthy. I guess what I'm saying is they're worth the price of admission. Yes. Does that make sense to you? You yeah. want to watch those guys play because they're they're liable to do something that just not many people are going to do. And that's why I, I bring up Cedric Baxter in this category. He, to me, is one of those guys. You're going to see something when you when you watch him play. Um, and he and Jerry's down in, uh, I guess he's in Daytona Beach tonight, but headed to Orlando for people that are just checking in uh, with us now. Uh, headed for Orlando for tomorrow night to see Cedric Baxter make his decision, I guess, at 6 p.m. Central, 7 o'clock Eastern. Uh, Jerry, uh, you know, talk to me a little bit about Cedric and, you know, who you know him to be as a person, uh, what kind of, you know, offense he really wanted to be in. I know you mentioned Tashard Choice, uh, but, you know, it seems to me Texas is going after these guys that can not only go downhill, right, but also can catch out of the backfield and be a complete back. That seems to be what Texas and Steve Sarkeesian want as much or more than anything. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, Bobby. And I think his versatility uh, when when Tashard Choice comes into Texas and says, this is my guy, and Steve Sarkeesian says, yeah, he's he, he's a perfect fit for, for, for what we're doing at the University of Texas. But, you know, I, I'll, I'll tell you about my first meeting with, with Baxter last spring. Um, I, I came up to – I was in Florida, went up to Orlando – uh, when I knew that uh, Texas was really on him, also did a lot of stuff for national, you know, with Florida visits upcoming and that sort of thing. Uh, but he's a thoughtful kid. Uh, he's an impressive kid to talk to. Um, he's a kid that knows how good he is. He's confident how good he is, but he's not, um, you know, he's competitive. Look, he'll put out a tweet, at least on three gets it, who the number one running back in the country is. I like that confidence. Right. And I like that confidence in our ranking more than anything, <laughs> but uh you know, but he's he's a thoughtful kid. I, I, I think he's an in football intelligent kid. I think when you talk to him, you you, you walk away saying, OK, this kid kind of he gets it. All he's got to do is stay healthy um, and have some, a couple of things go his way. And, and he's going to have a chance to play football as a career. Um, but then the other thing you like about Cedric, Bobby, is, is, you know, he was a safety slash running back. He's not a guy like. um uh, think of, I'm just trying to think of some guys who carried it a lot. Jonathan Gray, Cedric Benson, who came to Texas with so many carries under their belt. This is a guy who will carry it 13, 14 times some games and 250 yards and catch a couple of passes. But then he's shown the ability to carry it 40 times in the game last year, too. So he's shown that toughness. Well, you know he runs tough, but he's shown the ability to take a handoff 40 times and have 45 touches in a game, counting returns and uh, pass receptions. But he doesn't have – he has a lot of tread left on the tire. I mean, I think that's a key. And, and I think you recruit to that nowadays. I think the days of these kids saying, I want to carry it 30 times are pretty much over, right? I think the, these guys want to carry it 18, 20 times. They're in a rotation. They keep the legs fresh the, for, the, for their career. They catch the football. They're used in a versatile way. And I think that's a very easy thing for Steve Sarkeesian to recruit to with his resume. Jerry, I, I've got to be honest with you. I was caught looking at the, the video going on both in the screen. Yeah, me too. Made, hey, you just made a cut. It's just ridiculous. I mean, yes. humans aren't supposed to. I, you, there are People have ACL, so they can't make those moves. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, well, it, it, Bobby, it, we're sitting here watching it. You, isn't it impressive his balance at 6'1", 217, oh, making he's these cuts? Huge. He's yeah. huge. And he's big. Um, hey, um, another, another guy I want to talk to you about. Got a question coming in about Marcus Deal. Uh, the lineman out of Garling, dad and assistant coach up there uh, in, for at his high school. Uh, what is going on with him? He came in for, I think, the the uh, pool, not the pool bar, the barbecue 
uh, a couple weekends ago. Is Texas still recruiting him heavily? How's that recruitment going? Yeah, he, that's a wild card recruitment for me. You know, look, I'm pretty close to that one. I still don't have a great feel. I think TCU is a school that's had a lot of confidence in him in the spring and early summer. He went to Texas last uh, or that last Thursday in July, then up to Oklahoma, I believe, the day after that. Did not go to TCU that weekend. He's used three official visits: TCU, um, USC, and Arkansas. And his best coach relationship, interesting enough, Bo Davis done a great job. Maybe Josh Henson from when Henson was at A&M, but Deal wants to play defensive line. So that's an interesting dynamic in the USC recruitment. Uh, two people have always maintained they thought he would stay close to home at the end of the day. And look, I think the Georgia visit, I think he's, out, he's going out there September 24th, I believe is the Kent State game. Uh, that official visit, because Trey Scott is recruiting him uh, as a defensive lineman for Georgia, I think the Bulldogs are definitely in that recruitment. Um, we'll see now. Is, is he behind Jordan Hall on the board at Georgia? We'll find out, right? I mean, those things um, ha have to play out here for the next couple of months, but he's got two official visits left. Georgia will get one September 24th, and either Texas or maybe Oklahoma will get an official, but he'll be back on campus at Texas. I think if Texas wants to push for that official visit, they'll get it. Uh, I think Bo Davis done a really good job in that recruitment. And a deal as a prospect, I think he comes in and plays defensive line early in his college career. But I still think long term he's going to be an interior offensive lineman and a really, really good one. We had him ranked top 30 in the country in the 2023 class when we were thinking interior offensive line only. Now that he wants to play defensive line, we've kind of bumped him down the rankings a little bit because that may slow his development. But I'm not saying he can't be a defensive lineman. Um, he's not Ashawn Robinson, but Ashawn Robinson proved me wrong. Even though they're college coaches, it still to this day say Ashawn Robinson could have been a Hall of Fame level offensive guard. He just didn't want to do it. But I think Deal will transition the offensive line and be really good shortly in this college career. I think Texas is in it. I think TCU feels good about it. If he stays close to home, I think that's the decision you're looking at maybe with Oklahoma in it. Um, interesting guy asked about uh, how far are we away from Steve Sarkeesian naming uh, a starting quarterback. Uh, he said at the beginning of his press conference um, on Tuesday of last week uh, that he felt like he would name one sooner than he did a year ago. Um, but at the same time, he doesn't want to give a, a real date to it. I will say this. Uh, Texas has a scrimmage coming up this Saturday, and then they have one the following Saturday. So the 13th and the 20th. I think we'll probably know something around that time, either after scrimmage one or scrimmage two. Um, but uh, we do not know. Uh, they are still splitting reps. As of today, they were splitting reps fairly evenly. Uh, Eric Nalene of Inside Texas uh, and uh, uh, some other, uh, Justin Wells, Joe Cook, those guys are covering that uh, at length. Uh, so I, I feel like it's interesting, but that's still going to play out. We're going to have another uh, live show probably later this week to talk more about team as opposed to just recruiting. This is primarily a recruiting one. Hey, Jerry, I had a question for you. This is another from uh, I, Williams David, I think. Any, I think it's interesting. Sark's a West Coast guy, right? Yep. You notice how Texas has moved from the West Coast to the Southeast more with their out-of-state recruiting in the last 12 months? I have. I think it's twofold. Um Look, we're real. We're genuine. Uh, Bobby, our th thoughts are always out there. I think it's twofold. One, the SEC move is big. The, the staff was constructed. Uh, you go down the line on the staff. I mean, Bo Davis, Harry Joseph, uh, Jeff Banks, uh, Tashard Choice, uh, Brennan Marion. He's been a little bit everywhere, but he's recruited in the South. Um, uh, you know, Kyle Flood obviously has Jersey connections. He was big in the uh, Sadir Mitchell recruitment along with Bo Davis. And those guys that were at Alabama have recruited Florida, Georgia, Alabama, over to Louisiana. The staff is set up to recruit there, east of, east of uh, I-45. It really is. I think, obviously, Sark wants to have a footprint in California as long as he's at Texas. And I think that's a comfortable area for him to recruit. I think he's got all those connections out there that a Kyle Flood has in Jersey and a Bo Davis has in Louisiana and Mississippi and Alabama, same with a Terry Joseph. So naturally, you're going to want to recruit out there. I One, it's the SEC move, why, why Texas may be moved away. I think two is Lincoln Riley took that USC job. And, and people can say what they want. 
But that changes offensive recruiting on the West Coast. Hey, um, I, you know what the other issue there, and I, I agree with that. So you're on the same page. The other issue there, Jer, is that um, if I look at it, most of the guys that Texas would want, not just on offense, but on defense, USC is going to want. And that's, right. that's where those are the kind of guys that, that Sark is going to be attracted to out there because he has his SC background himself, right? And I, I will say this, keep an eye out for folks in Arizona. Yes. Uh, because Texas obviously have, having some success there, not only with Bijan, uh, uh, but uh, Zach Swanson's on, on campus. Bradley, I think Texas has had success in the Phoenix area and Tucson. And so a guy, a tight end like Deuce Robinson, he's not exactly in L.A. or the West Coast, but he's in Arizona, right? Yep. I mean, and by the way, Texas went past California, went to Hawaii for the first time that I can yeah, remember. Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Hey, there's some firsts in this class. I mean, that is the that's the winds of change, right? I mean, I think I was conditioned this way for a long time. Is that you know what? If you're signing 25 guys, 20 need to be from the state of Texas. Well, look, I, I think things change. More kids have moved into Texas. All these kids didn't grow up in Texas. They didn't grow up. Texas fans or Texas A&M fans. The same thing happens in Georgia. Georgia fans expect Kirby Smart to keep every top guy in Georgia. Well, think about how many people have moved into the Atlanta area in the last 10, 15 years. Those, a lot of those kids didn't grow up with Georgia jerseys on from when they were born, right? I mean, so it's easy to say all these kids should stay in state, but the reality is a lot of these kids in these states nowadays, in a Texas, in a Georgia, in a Florida, unless it's South Florida, they didn't necessarily – grow up in Florida. They aren't from Florida. I mean, think about Jordan Hall, who I saw today. He was born in Columbus, Georgia. He lived there for the first three, four years of his life. Yes, he lives in Jacksonville, but he's, his grandparents are up in Decatur, right? So, I mean, there's there's so many things that the, these kids just aren't growing up. Uh, it, it, Texas and Texas A&M fans, all of them in the state of Texas. And so that's kind of, I've that's how I've changed my tune. But you look at this Texas class, I mean, Hawaii commitment, right? Then there's uh, Shannon, the tight end out of Southern California. You know, Texas obviously said is recruiting Deuce Robinson. Um, then there's Tecilia Kana, who's from Hawaii, Kahuku, same school as Leona, but he's at Sky Ridge in Utah. I think Utah is a great area to recruit, by the way. Physical football players with upside. But then you look, one committed in Florida. Could it be two? Texas after more guys. Louisiana, the last two classes. Justice Finkley out of Bama. Aaron Bryan out of Mississippi. So Texas is hitting areas. And that's why it's a great for uh, recruiting fans and Texas fans right now heading into the SEC. Texas recruiting areas that they haven't before, and they're having success. Um, you know, I, I, you feel Texas has, I mean, you do, you're down there in, in Florida. Um, Peyton Kirkland is already committed to Texas. Cedric Baxter announces tomorrow. Again, that's going to be at six o'clock Central, seven o'clock Eastern. Uh, we'll have full coverage on Inside Texas. Jerry, we we, we mentioned that. How legit are the op are the possibilities of not only the two Floridians but the other out of state guys like Tassilia Kana, uh, as well as Jordan Hall uh, and uh, uh, Damon Wilson? Yeah, let's just go down the list real quick. I, if you start with Cedric Baxter, I'm I have an RPM for Texas headed into tomorrow. I'm not changing that. Jordan Matthews' commitment date out of Baton Rouge Woodlawn is the 15th. I have an RPM for Texas. I don't plan on changing that right now. Could something change leading up to that August 15th announcement? Sure. So I think Texas is in a pretty good position there. Then when you get to a Deuce Robinson, official visit scheduled September 10th for the Alabama game. USC lean, obviously. Family's not locked in from the West Coast, though, That, but they've live on the West coast. They live out in the Phoenix area. Akana, I think, you know, obviously people, when people saw his sister transferred from Nebraska, to Texas and volleyball said slam dunk, it's over. Uh, but I think Texas has a, had a lot of guys on the board at edge weren't they, they're recruiting Akana. They didn't know if he was going to follow in the same footsteps. His sister didn't, of course, his sister didn't sign with Texas out of high school. She transferred to Texas, but he will officially visit for the Alabama game September 10th. So I think that, you know, Texas has a very legitimate chance there. We had a poster on our board that lives up in the Salt Lake area that said a few weeks ago on Inside Texas, he's that kid's going to Texas. Well, we'll see. I mean, a lot of times those guys know they talk to the right people, right? Maybe you ref the game. Uh, so we had a we had somebody on Inside Texas kind of predict that one. We'll see what happens. Uh, Oklahoma, LSU, they're Utah, they're all, Oregon is in there. I mean, uh, but you know, then you keep going down the line. I think Damon Wilson and Jordan Hall are two interesting ones for me. They are long shots, okay? But 
here's the thing. They're two of the best defensive line prospects in the country, and they would be the best, two of the best in any class. I mean, they're that talented of guys. <clears throat> so you're getting a later start recruiting them. You're not instantly going to be in the top three. It's going to take time. But the main thing is you have to get them on campus. These guys have not been to Texas before. But that tells you the momentum Texas has right now is that they want to make an official visit to Texas. And I think that actually it puts Texas in a great spot from this perspective. These kids have been to the other campuses three and four times now. You can really wow a kid with a game day atmosphere or on that first visit uh, because one thing we we can all agree on is is Austin's different than a Athens, than a Gainesville, um, than a Columbus, Ohio. Um, so these kids are gonna, you know, maybe, maybe hey, Miami's got <laughs> Miami's a great spot. Don't get me wrong, but you know, these kids who have never been to Austin, they've never been to the University of Texas, they've never been to the game day atmosphere, they never sat down with the coaching staff. Really, they've had conversations. So you have a chance to totally blow those guys away and change the course of their recruitment. And I think that is kind of a position of strength when you're working from behind, if that makes sense. Yep. Uh, got a question about JV and Toviano. Justin Wells uh, went there yesterday to Arlington Martin to see the cornerback uh, defensive back uh, that Texas is so highly interested in. Uh, Toviano told Justin uh, from a time frame perspective that he wanted to make an announcement before the season. Uh, however, he wasn't sure what the announcement would be and who it would be. Um, Jerry, just to give a different perspective than Justin, and, I, and that's not to pit anybody against each other. Do you have, you have any other insight you wanted to give on Toviano? It seems like Texas and LSU are the top two, but other, other teams are hanging around too. So you have any feel there? Yeah, you know, I sat down and talked with him at the Under Armour Future 50 a few weeks ago. I've talked to him a couple times before, obviously. He's been on the radar for so long. Um, first, he's so intelligent, you're not going to get a great read. So you really have to kind of try to read based on what he said in the past. Has anything changed? Because he's, he's very calculated with what he says. Um, he did. He does love Oregon. I just nobody's told me he's going that far from home. So maybe he ends up at Oregon. I just I'm not seeing that unless it actually happens. And so that then it gets down to a Texas and LSU and A&M. He went to LSU that last weekend in July. Um, there was a lot of speculation he could show up in Austin. Uh, look, he's the type of kid who's smart enough to, to, to get in and out of somewhere without you knowing and not put it on social media. He'll tell you what he wants to tell you, but he, he will keep some things very close to the vest. I think Texas has a, a puncher's chance for sure. Um, what will be interesting to me is if Jordan Matthews commits to Texas August 15th, does that change Toviano's thoughts on Texas? Because while it's easy to say, well, why would it, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, well, there's some really talented defensive backs. And Toviano's a kid who's he's going to look at – not that he's scared of competition, because he is certainly not. Um, he is a competitive guy. He plays both sides of the ball. He plays until his legs cramp on Friday nights. He's that type of player. He'll play special teams, running back, wide out, whatever they need him to do to help win a game. So I'm in no way saying he's not competitive because I'm a – massive fan of the kid um but what i am saying is he looks at depth charts he wants to he he looks at a, the best place for him to go in and make an impact and so if a jordan matthews jumps into that defensive back class at texas the malik muhammad already there at corner as well Derek williams is at safety obviously uh, uh jamel johnson there as well i mean does that defensive back room get a little crowded with what was recruited last year with the ryan watts transferring in with a terrence burke signing I mean, you know, so could that hurt Texas? Possibly we'll have to see if Jordan Matthews goes Texas way. Or, you know what, maybe it just is so much momentum in recruiting at that point that uh, Toviano starts saying, man, this is this is the place I need to be. I do think Toviano profiles to Texas. And Eric Nolene talks about that a lot. And, and I, I think Toviano is one of those guys who profiles as a student at the University of Texas. Uh, I could see him playing football and attending uh, the University of Texas. I mean, but that doesn't mean he's going there. I think he's got a really good relationship with the LSU staff. Look, does the does Bravion Rogers jumping out of the AM class help AM? We'll see. But like you said, uh, there's been a little more chatter about LSU and Texas of late. Could he do a total surprise and go to Michigan? Possibly. He's made an official visit there, but I go back to Oregon. I just haven't heard enough people saying he's going to go far from home. Yeah. Um, got a question. Another one that, um, I probably caught in late here asking about an update on Jalen Hale. 
Jalen Hale uh, yeah. is moving up his decision one day, one day to September 22nd, so we can have it at the, his high school uh, announcement. It's in, it's between Texas and Alabama for all intents and purposes. Uh, that's what Justin he- Wells is reporting, even though other teams are still giving chase, including Texas A&M. Uh, people asked about that. Uh, I want to ask, an, I want to give you another question here, Jerry. Um, Gary Patterson's effect or non-effect on recruiting, in your opinion. Uh, well, what what do yeah. you think? I think the main, I think the number one thing is you don't want him to have a great effect, a, a massive effect on recruiting in a positive way, because that's kind of an indictment on the staff that's there. Um, it, look, he's not going to, I think when a kid visits, yeah, I mean, of course, he's going to be a, a part of that recruitment, um, especially, look, he's got a ton of connections around the state of Texas, right? I think, uh, is he there to help Texas recruiting? Yes. But is he going to be the guy on the phone with Jordan Hall along with Bo Davis? No, he's not. Uh, that's PK, that's Choate, that's Sarkeesian, uh, and, and all those guys. Uh, because Gary Patterson doesn't go out to high schools and evaluate the kids. He's not there sitting in the offices of high schools anymore, uh, being visible in front of the prospects anymore. When they come on the visit, on the visit is that a, a great guy for a defensive prospect to talk to? Can he put stuff on a board? Can Does he have connections to high, a lot of the high school coaches when kids visit? Sure he does. But there's a big difference in going out on the road in December and September on a Friday night game and being visible at those games, going and sitting in those coaches' offices, being around those kids and those kids seeing you there. Those are the guys that have the true impact on recruiting because those are the guys that build the relationships from day one. Jerry, it's been a good hour. Um, I appreciate you joining us. This has been awesome. Uh, thank you all for joining us as well on on Texas Football Live. Uh, we're going to try to do this on a regular basis on uh, recruiting uh, but, uh, Jerry, uh, as we go out here, uh, I think that, uh, we'd like y'all to know, please, uh, commit to inside Texas for a subscription. I want to say that, but also I want to say to Jerry, thank you for being down in Florida and showing the effort and going down there and good luck tomorrow afternoon and evening as you watch Cedric Baxter practice and then head over to his, uh, announcement. Uh, make sure you get some footage of him, by the way. Yes. I, I think, uh, I think the footage that we added to the the video today was really nice for people to get a, a sense of really what these guys look like at a uh, low angle video. Uh, and so that was really terrific. All right, Bobby, I'll keep, uh, it's tough in Florida. It's tough doing work in Florida, man, but we'll try to get through it. <laughs> hey, it's hot in Texas and Florida alike. They both feel like, uh, depending on where you're at, they can feel, feel hotter than they actually are. So, all right. Hey man, I'll, I'll okay. talk to you soon. You yep. take care and thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll see y'all later. All right, guys. See